Dungeon Stories. My wonderful friends, it is so good to be here with you about to play this wonderful game that we all love and enjoy so much. It is, it's so nice after a long day of work to come back and do something like this. You know, this is, and even though, you know, this takes a lot of prep work and stuff, this is fun. I love this, and I love the three of you. So thank you for being here with me. Amen. We love you. Thank you. Thank you. And, of course, listeners, I love all of you as well. All four of us do. We are so happy that you are here, all 12 of you. Thank you to the 12 of you that are here with us. It means the world. Um, We'd like to start off by saying thank you to our friends, friends like Roll20, for letting us host a game where we can all see each other and play on a map. That's wonderful. We would like to say thank you to D&D Beyond because they let us make our characters and let me track encounters and they let us run a wonderful game. So thank you to D&D Beyond and to Roll20. Now, to recap last session, wait, I don't remember. Do we introduce ourselves and then I recap? It's been a while. I don't, we'll do it that way. I'm Norin, and I'm your dungeon master. I'm Easton, I'm playing Azel the Monk. I'm Jenny, and I'm playing Alondra the Paladin. I'm Michael, I'm playing your wizard, Erin. And now, to recap last session. Our three heroes each set off on their own individual adventures, seeking to accomplish their own goals. Fate brought them each to the town of Rubbleton, where they learned of a string of disappearances leading to half the city's children going missing, as well as a mysterious researcher named Kosk. After agreeing to join a task force to investigate these disappearances, the group of heroes made their way to Kosk's old hut, where they were attacked by crawling claws and flying eyes. After defeating their dismembered adversaries, the heroes investigated and found a name of interest, the Elfronis sisters. Back in Rubbleton, they learned that the Elfronis sisters were two traveling merchants who traveled between Rubbleton, Bloom's Edge, and Cobble, selling oddities and textiles to the villagers. They were in town a week before the first children's disappearances. With this information, the party set off to ask some questions to the families of the original three victims. Now these, you have been given two family names here. Um, one family lost a set of twins, and the other family lost their daughter. Um, the family that lost their twins uh, is a halfling family called the Barley Roots, um, the Barley Root family. And the family that lost one daughter is uh, the Farthingtons. Um, You have been given directions to both of these houses, so you can make your way to either one. But according to uh, the general of these paladins uh, in this town, um, they both lost their children. These three kids went missing uh, at the same time. They went missing on the same night. So you have kind of your choice of what to do next, and then you each had your own kind of personal reasons 
for being here as well, your own kind of personal uh, items to, to check off as well. Um, so whatever you, um, wh whatever lead you would like to pursue first, it, it's up to you. Okay. What time of day was it when we left off? Um, it is about, it's afternoon. So probably about, about noon or so, just, uh, cause you, you woke up, you ate, then you went to Cosks after the meeting in the square. So it's not a whole lot of time has gone by. So it's about noon. Yeah, I think we should go to the barley roots and ask some questions. See what's going on. Sounds like a plan. Yeah, that's fine by me. Yeah, Norman, how big was this village or city? Uh, it's a town, um, and it is not massive by any means, um, but... It, it is a rather important town. I would say probably population about 400, 500. Okay. So cool. pretty, pretty mid tier. Gotcha. Okay. So the barley roots is, is your first order of business. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So yeah, you have received instructions from the uh, the general of the paladins here, the general of the law enforcers. Um, so you uh, take off through town. Um, this town is a little maze-like in its design because it was expanded kind of in layers. Um, it started off as just like a hub of kind of base camps for uh, explorers and adventurers and archaeologists. Um, but as uh, expeditions across the ancient expanse here in Vareos began to uh, take off and pick up in popularity, um, more and more uh, groups came here and started to kind of settle in the area as well. And so as more and more people came to the area to sit down, um, it grew kind of outward. And so you can kind of tell like the center of the city definitely has the oldest architecture and stuff like that. And as you move out in it, uh, you can see um, the age start to fade away the further toward the outskirts of the town that you get um, because it started central and expanded out. Um, and this is, this is evident as you are walking from kind of one edge of the town to the other. It's not a super long walk by any means. It's not like you're crossing New York City or anything. And it's not um, in, the foot traffic isn't incredibly large either at this time of day. Most people are, are at work. Um, kind of hard hard at it um, at this time of day. But you walk through town and you um, come upon the uh, address that you were given, uh, supposedly belongs to the Barley Roots. Um, this actually leads you um, outside of town, kind of into the, the farmsteads that are just like kind of on the outskirts where you were at Kosk's house, but kind of on the other edge um, kind of opposite of Kosk. Um, you walk by and this is a, uh, you know, it's, it's just really, really just a cute uh, little house. Um, looks to be one story um, and it's 
it's got that very like a very almost like shire vibe to it you know where everything is kind of rounded and kind of small um and it's these bright green and yellow uh colors painted onto the wood it looks like they um looks like it's freshly painted pretty recently um or maybe they upkeep it regularly you're not sure but the colors are are bright bright greenhouse with yellow trim um and you uh approach it um and this this seems to be the place um Hazel's probably just gonna kind of like look back to Alondra and Aaron being like so who's gonna knock on the door um if Alondra doesn't do anything I'll just cast Mage Hand and have this little spectral hand just kind of pop off mine like a glove and just go up and knock on the door okay yeah yeah, you hold out your hand, and it almost like Casper the Ghost kind of extends out from you, um, and it like mimics your movements. So you kind of knock in the air in front of you, and then the hand uh, a few feet away from you does the same and mimics your movement exactly in time. Um, and you, it it wraps slightly on the door. Um, how far back are you guys standing from the door as this hand extends forth to knock for you? Great question. Um, guys, how far? I'm thinking back? like ten feet. Okay. Five, ten feet. I okay. I will move forward while they're knocking, so it's not she's not too far away. Okay. So probably at like the doorstep. Is... Okay. Sure. Just gonna hang back. All right. Um, the door opens, and Alondra, as you notice, uh, you, you walk up and you notice that the doorknob on the door, instead of being, like, at a height where you could just reach your hand out to it, it's down by, like, your hip or, like, your knee. Oh, like, this God. is clearly, like, a halfling. Uh, this, this doorknob has been installed custom uh, for these, these halflings. <laughs> um, but uh, the door opens up, um, and you see um, a, uh, a woman... A uh, halfling woman, so she's about, you know, three feet, four inches, uh, pretty short. Um, and she has, her hairstyle resembles that of, like, Jimmy Neutron's mom, where it's kind of that, uh, like, little, like, got those little uh, loops at the end of it, you know? Yeah. And it points outwards. So it's very much like, kind of like Jimmy Neutron's mom, if you just shrunk her down to, like, three and a half feet tall. Um, <laughs> and, uh, she looks up at you, and she says, uh, um, hello there, uh, my name is Luella, and who, who might you be? What, what brings you around here? Hello, my name is Alondra Olivara, and then behind me are my companions. Over, okay. Hi, I'm Azel. <laughs> I'm Aaron, and I will go to shake her hand with the mage hand. Okay. The little ghostly hand uh, is extended out in front of her, and she kind of looks at it and then looks back at you, and she says, oh, quaint. And she reaches out and kind of takes it with, like, two fingertips and gives it a little a little shake and then kind of, like, you know, gives her hand a little wipe uh, down her pant leg. Um, <laughs> And she says, um, it's truly a pleasure to meet the three of you. Um, 
What we we don't get many visitors out this way. What brings you by? Uh, we just came by to hopefully get some more answers on the disappearance of your children. Ah, I see. Um. Well, I you don't look to be paladins of Stelnos. Um, no. They. They came by and investigated already, but clearly they haven't turned up much. Um, are you private investigators? What's your position? What interest do you have in this? Not that I'm not grateful to have someone looking after, looking for my children, but I just, well, it's, it's a tough situation, I'm sure you can understand. Yeah, we get it. Uh, we're a task force that the Paladins put together. We're just aiding in their help, or helping them search for the children. And they gave us your name to see how we can help. <laughs> As you say that, um, her husband uh, kind of comes around the corner. Um, and he looks... Uh, they, they look, uh, very similar. He, although he has, like, he's kind of bald on top, and he's got those kind of, like, like that really cartoony, like, three-string, uh, comb-over thing going on. Um, and he comes around the corner, and he says, uh, he says, oh, right, the paladin sent you, did they? Because they're over it. Well, anyway... Like uh, like Luella said, we are glad to have eyes on this, even if those worthless paladins can't be bothered to do it themselves. Please, come on in. Sweet. All right. Azel's going to kind of like kneel down awkwardly and <laughs> just walk in. Yeah, yeah, you definitely have to duck as you oh. walk in. Um, Why? What a lovely house you have. Yeah. Except maybe Aaron, you know, your your uh your half dwarven heritage. Um it's still a little <laughs> bit whereas they have to kind of like bend over, you just kinda of have to like duck your head a little bit. So it's not as tight to you as a as a half dwarf, but um Nice. But everyone else is definitely dug uh ducking in. Azel, what did you say as you were walking in? Hi, what a lovely house you have. Uh the husband says, Oh, thank you. Uh thanks. Um and you walk into a living room, um, and this, uh, living room here, um, is, a uh, it has a, a nice, a, a rug in the center of it that seems to take up kind of most of the floor here. It's got polished wood floors. There's a fireplace on the back wall, as well as a, um, looks like a bookshelf, um, and this bookshelf is has a number of, of books on it that look to be light reading. And on the top of the bookshelf is a number of kind of trinkets um, and like vases, just kind of like decorations to make the place look nice. There are a few um, like recliners kind of around the uh, um, around the the fireplace, you know, like a nice little reading nook. And there are a couple doorways that you assume lead off to to bedrooms or something like that. But it's a nice kind of square-shaped um, entranceway. And, and the ceiling 
uh, raises up a little bit, little bit as you come in. So you can still, you can oh. come in and you can stand. The doorway is a lot shorter than the ceiling is. Um, it's still a little close to your head and you could probably, without even extending your arm all the way up, you could probably touch the ceiling. Um, but at least you can stand and not have to worry about getting a crook in your neck. Um, but you uh, walk in um, and the uh, um, the husband and wife uh, make their way over to the kind of recliners and they uh, kind of grab them and they spin them around to face you um, and they sit down in it. And as the, as the man is climbing into his bed, he says, uh, um, my name is Trundle, by the way. Um, I think I forgot to introduce myself there. Um, but, uh, well, what, what would you like to know? We, you know, we'd like to be as hopeful as we can in this endeavor. Um, those, those poor kids. How old were your, uh, children when they were taken? Um, they were, uh, they were five. Ho hopefully they are five. Hopefully they're out there still. I think it's safe to assume. Thank you for your confidence, Aaron. I appreciate that. Um, I'd say we're, we're most interested um, in anything suspicious that may have happened um, up to the point, and particularly, um, we do have the names um, the Elfroni sisters. Um, are you familiar with these sisters, these traveling family? Um, yes, uh, we are. Um, and then Luella speaks up and she says, uh, oh, um, yes, this lovely rug in the, in the foyer here, we got this from, from them, uh, just a week before, uh, everything went wrong. Um, and, uh, as well as, uh, a couple of those vases, she turns and points up to the, uh, um, the shelf in the back, kind of across from the fireplace. She says, a couple of those vases up there, too, were, uh, were, were purchased from their shop. They have a lovely, lovely selection. Um, all sorts of uh, wondrous pottery and uh, and other uh, just home decor options, really. It's quite quite beautiful stuff that they collect. Uh, I would what say, uh, mind if I get up and, and I'll stand up and just grab like the nearest one closest to me. The vase? Yeah, yeah, I'll just, as I'm asking her, may I, I will already be standing up. Vase <laughs> in hand. Yeah, so, and then um, I'll just start, you know, tracing little patterns, and I will try and ritual cast detect magic just over this whole area while the other two kind of take the conversation. Um, okay. When... Um, sorry. Erin start to do that, she will ask um, the parents, she'll be like, um, I'm sorry, but I'm an outsider. Uh, when the Affronic sisters come to town, do they um, set shops in a particular area in town, or do they go door by door? So. 
Oh, they, uh, you know, they set up, they have a wagon that they bring by, um, and they set it up just in the market square. Um, they get the most foot traffic around there and, um, they, uh, you know, it's always a big show when they come to town. The, the two of them are, uh, quite the characters really. How long have they been visiting the town? Has it have they just recently started coming by, or? Oh, it's been oh geez, almost a year now, maybe since their first visit. Um, I think I missed them the first couple of times through. I you know I didn't I didn't think I needed rugs or vases, but you know after their first couple of visits, my friends just going on and on about, you know, the beauty of the stuff that they sold. And I just couldn't keep myself, uh, couldn't keep that curiosity away any longer. So, you know, I just had to check it out. Okay. Um, and a little bit of a departure here, ma'am, but I know it might be hard, but can you recall the mo moment you realized your children were missing? It was when we went to wake them up. You know, we tucked him in bed, and everything was fine. And the next morning, we went to wake the kids up. You know, they they don't like to get out on the farm. Um, you know, they it's it's hard work, and their kids they would rather play than work. Um, so we have to go in and wake them up so that they come out and get their farm work done early, so they have time to play. Uh, we went to wake them up, and they were gone. Um, you know, we only had two out of our four in there. And... Do they sleep in the same room or do... Are they... Yeah. Yes. And were the beds still made when you went in there? Or... They looked to be... All... Spread out and... Uh, and wild. The, the sheets at the end of the bed, the pillows on the ground. But... The other two kids, they said they didn't, they didn't notice anything. And there was no signs of like a forced entry? <sighs> not that, not that ourselves or the paladins noticed. Hmm. Do you mind showing me their room? Uh, sure, by, by all means. Um, right this way. Um, and she'll lead you through, uh, there are uh, a few doors in this uh, entryway here. Um, it is, uh, she, she leads you to one of them. Um, it's kind of on the side wall, um, kind of uh, diagonal from the fireplace. Um, she opens it up, and again, you have to duck in, and then you can stand up when you get inside. And there are, um, it's a pretty, pretty sparse bedroom. There's not a lot in here. There is, um, there's four beds against the wall. Um, each of them has about three or four feet of space in between them. It looks like they're kind of packed pretty tightly along the back wall of this bedroom. Um, two of them have halfling kids kind of sitting in them. Uh, one is reading, um, and the other uh, looks to have a couple like wood carvings, like of a horse 
and and like a knight of, of some kind and he's just kind of playing in his bed um and they kind of look up as you walk in um and the uh Luella, as as she walks in, she says, um, "These these are two boys." Um, and she says, "Boys, why don't you uh, go run and play outside? We're gonna look around here. Um, this is a friend of mine named Azel, and well, he's gonna help us um, with your sisters." Um, and the boys, they kind of don't say anything, but you can see this somber look fall over them, and they kind of nod to their mom and. Um, they go to run out the door and one of them stops as he passes you. It's the one with the two wood figures. And he looks up at you and he says, Mr. Are you going to, are you going to find our sisters? Um, I'm going to kind of like kneel down and I'm going to put my hand on his back and I'm going to be like, I promise you, I'm going to find your sisters. He, he kind of nods and you know, he, you could tell he's kind of fighting back tears and he says, Thank you. And then he turns and just kind of runs out of the room. Um, and those of you that are in the living room, um, you see these two boys kind of go running and then go out the back door um, and kind of disappear. Um, and then Luella will kind of gesture around the room and she says, here, take a look. It's been it's been a little while now, so I'm not sure, you know, what evidence is here, but. Okay. Um... Yeah, I think what Basil's going to do from there is just kind of investigate on his own, I guess. Like, he's probably going to... Oh, boy. He's going to try to see if he can recognize anything, like, of the same energy with, like, the eyes and the hands. Sure. Go ahead and make an investigation check for me. And, uh, Aaron... As all this is happening, you're kind of tracing your sig uh, your sigil kind of into the into the vase, like with your fingers, tracing this like chalk dust around and leaving this kind of glowing blue outline on it as you um, begin the ritual for this spell. Um, what is your passive perception for me? Uh, passive perception is. Um, 12. Passive investigation is higher than that, but... <laughs> um, yeah, I, I will say you, um, we'll go with the passive perception on this. Your, your mind is primarily focused on the, uh, production of this ritual. Um, but as you kind of get into it, and you know, at first you kind of start your ritual... Uh, around the vase, you know, and then once you actually make it to the vase and you lift it up, there is uh, something inside this vase, and you you wouldn't have noticed that there was something inside it until you picked it up, because it's not like it's flowers poking out the top or something, you know, this looks to be just like a decorative urn of some kind, not necessarily a, uh, not one that they have put to practical use yet, as, as far as what you could tell, but when you pick it up, um, there's almost like a liquid inside, but a little firmer, almost more like jelly. Um, as you pick it up, it kind of like wobbles a bit. <sighs> and it looks to be like bright green. It's the family jelly. 
<laughs> we we've been aging um, that for generations. It's like a sourdough. <laughs> um, <laughs> is there? Um, did I pick up anything um, with that detect magic at all? Is this, still... is, this is in the process of your detecting magic. Okay, in the process. Okay, so some some jelly going on. Um, yeah, you like you like pick up the vase to begin in a process on the actual thing itself. You're probably about two or three minutes into the ritual at this point. You pick it up and you can't help but notice the like boop, 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 as you pick it up. Um, dang. I mean, seeing that it probably just prompts me to try and finish um, this okay. ritual like as soon as possible. Sure. Um, but if it like starts reacting in any way, maybe I'll try and like poke it with mage hand. Doesn't seem like it's reacting to anything more than you moving it. Okay, yeah, then I'll just you know be mindful of that. <laughs> Keep an eye on it while I'm continue, you know, tracing out these outlines and like pushing them out to the room. Okay. Um yeah, so you begin, um, you know, you continue with that ritual, uh, taking the process forward. Um, and as you uh, do so, uh, the ten minute, you hit the 10 minute mark. Um, Alondra, what are, is there anything specific that you want to do in this time while Azel is, is investigating the bedroom and while Aaron is casting detect magic over here? Is there anything that you might do in the... In the meantime, any more questions that you have for Trundle? Uh, not really. I would probably excuse myself and just walk around the perimeter of the, like, the outside of the house just to notice, um, like, if there's any, like, ways for people just to come in and out unnoticed. Um, so that's what I'd probably do. Sure. Um, especially just bringing up from my past of like escaping from my estate so mm -hmm. i'd probably just do that okay perfect yeah roll me an investigation check for that if you would okay uh that is a natural 20 and it goes up to 21 okay awesome awesome oh, yeah, that is, uh, that's fantastic. Um, so as you are um, uh, doing your perimeter sweep here, um, you notice, so this house does have windows in it and, and you, you know, any, any unlocked window is an easy point of access. There are not a ton of like, not a ton of screens in windows that you've seen, right? So it's right. most of them are like simple slides and stuff like that, or the ones on hinges that kind of open up to a little, uh, uh, a little opening that you could like slide in or something. So this isn't, uh, so it, you, you, you notice the windows and you know, you're automatically, your first thought is like, you know, if one of these was left unlocked, that's an easy way to slip in. Um, and if someone is thorough, you know, that wouldn't leave a lot of, um, wouldn't leave a lot of clues, but 
the fact that there are four kids in one bedroom where two of them went missing, like the odds of someone getting in and not just like you have four chances to fuck that up. You know what I mean? Um, right. So that doesn't seem super likely, but you know, you're not ready to write it out as an option as you are making your way around here. Um, something catches your eye kind of, you know, there are a lot of like, there's like grass and like weeds kind of growing up at the base of this house. You notice one piece of vegetation kind of stand out to you as something that is not common for this area. Um, And as you pick it up, it looks to be a piece of seaweed. Um, And that is very unusual for, because you, you are kind of in the middle of um, Vareos. Like you are, um, like right about here. So you're kind of, um, there's some distance between Rubbleton and, uh, the coast. So seaweed, seaweed is unusual. Um, and next to this seaweed is, um, a, like a, a fingernail that seems kind of long and dirty and gross it looks similar to the ones that you saw on the crawling claws, but a little bit longer and a little bit sharper. Okay. Um, so um, th- those are going to be the big things that you notice. Okay. I would, um, Alonja would pick those up and probably put them in her bag so that to show the guys after they're done. Um, okay, so as you're doing that, Azel, as you are um, investigating um, around inside of the bedroom, um, was tell me, remind me, was there something specific that you had your eyes on as you were? Um, I was mainly focused on trying to see if, like, I had like the same feeling from like the hands and the eyes. Right. Um. So. I would say Arcana check on that. Okay. Because it's that same kind of like undead aura that you're looking for. Thirteen. Thirteen. That's not bad. That's not bad. Um, I will say though that um, without um, it, it has been a number of weeks since this occurred. Um, and you are not using a method as precise as Aaron's detect magic. So I will say with a roll of 13, you don't come away with any substantial evidence. Okay. Um, but you do spend a good time looking um, and a good time kind of searching for that. And what I will say is that an empty child's bedroom with a very distraught mother standing like three feet away from you you kind of just feel uncomfortable anyway. Um, just kind of based on the situation, like all these circumstances, this is not, there is just an aura uh, kind of about this place and the house of the barley roots. That is just kind of unsettling. Um, I want Azel to turn to her and um, he asked another question. Um, well, oblivious to the kind of like the heavy feelings of the mom. Sure. Um, 
but like he, ha- I, he would ask her, um, do you do you have any theories of where they would have gone? Who would have taken them? She um, she kind of looks back and forth, and then she kind of gestures for you to come come in close. And she says, this is tough times, not just for our family, but for Rubbleton. I don't want to point fingers. I don't want to place blame where there need not be any. But, well... There was a new family that moved into town about the time that all of this started happening. Uh, What are their names? Their names are the Stoneforts. And they... Well, they opened up a restaurant... The Stone Fort Cafe back in town, um, which in and of itself, everyone around here knows that the Rubble Rouser is where you get food. So they were already stepping on the toes of the natural order of things around here. But they just seem a little off. They seem... Well, they don't fit in to Rubbleton's culture very well. And I'm not saying... Well, I shudder to think at what I might be implying, but I don't know. I'm not the only one that thinks that's no coincidence that none of their kids have disappeared. In what ways do they act strange? What's odd behavior? I'm not from around here, so I'm not too familiar, but if you could enlighten me. Rubbleton is very old. It's very set in its ways. The culture here has been established over a long period of years. So, it's hard to explain, but the way that we greet each other, the things we speak about, you know, the the way that conversation flows, it's, well, it's something that we have worked hard to grow into what it is we are hard-working people we are farmers and and uh explorers and a, a family that comes in who doesn't share those values who seems to have no interest in the outside and almost too much interest in their neighbors well it it just starts to it makes you think does that make sense it does. Thank you for doing all of this. Thank, thank you. You've already been more thorough than those paladins could ever claim to be. So thank you. And Miss Barleyroot, when I promised your son, I didn't just promise him. I'm going to find your daughters. The three of us are. You're a good boy, Azel. Thank you. You, even if your 
promise doesn't come true, the fact that you... that this... you're letting this mean so much to you, that... that in itself is a service that we could never hope to repay. Thank you for caring about our little family of farmers. Uh, Evil nod and then... Um, I guess kind of shimmy away, I guess, like out of the room. Like, that tender moment followed by a weird social abnormality. Okay. <laughs> yeah, great. So you uh, you make your way out. Um, the three of you are in this room, and Aaron, you finish your spell. Your detect magic lights up. Um, and you notice a couple of things. Uh, the first one, and the most strong here, is um, an aura of divination magic coming from uh, both vases and the rug. And and what is the range? Is it 60 feet on detect magic? Um, let me check. It also lasts 10 minutes, so I can imagine that I would have, like, walked around the whole house. Um, it's 30 feet, but it's 10 minutes long, so I would have just kind of perused. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those are going to be the main ones. As you get by the kids' room, you kind of duck in, and there is a kind of, on top of the dresser, there is a kind of a pile there are two more of those wooden figures that look to be of the same style that the little boy was carrying out there are two more figures one is a dragon and one is a wolf and they also are bearing this divination aura kind of rolling off of them just like the rug in the two vases um and another one another aura that you pick up in the vase that you were not holding is a faint hint of necromancy similar to what you found in Kosk's place Okay. <laughs> Not good. <laughs> um, I think as soon as I notice that, just be like, shoot. <laughs> um, the use of the kids have walked off already? Yes, the two kids, they have made their way outside to, to play and kind of clear away and make way for you. Okay. Um, let's see, with the detect magic, I think that pretty much would have explained the things that identify would, correct? Uh, based, based on your experience with the hands, uh, you get the sense of that. Um, it, unless these are like uh, like magic items that have been enchanted over a long time, then yeah, you've probably received the info that, that you would. Okay. Well, then, in that case, what I'm going to do, um, I'll walk back out. Yeah, if I've attained pretty much all I can um, from looking at those objects um, and the magic, then I'll probably walk out um, to the woman, the man at the house, whoever's sitting there, and just um, explain, okay, so um, looking around, it seems that the magic... The items that you purchased, um, it's a magic mist because they all, um, at least some of them have some faint auras of magic. Uh, 
that. So I think you bought perhaps more than you thought, um, and somehow these items are in relation to the loss of the boys or your children. So we can, we're closer than we were before, um, that's true, but um, we'll still need some time. What do you, uh, this, this is Trundle, the husband, um, what do you mean, magic aura? What, what are they? Um, I mean, are you familiar with arcane arts at all? Um, no, I, I can't say. Most of that goes above my head. Uh, oh, I'll simply say that they have been enchanted in a small way. Um, it's nothing immediately dangerous, but I probably would get rid of these items if you can. Um, sh sure, yes, of course. W where do we put them? How do we... I, I don't know how to do... I've never experienced anything like this. What is the protocol? Arcane dumps. <laughs> Uh, protocol is simple, just get rid of it. If you'd like, we can take it for you. Um, or better yet, um, put it outside your house and let the paladins know to pick this up. Um, tell them we told you this and that they should um, relieve you of this duty. They'll take care of it. Uh, I, you know, you say that, but I have... In in the 20 minutes that you have been in my house, you have instilled more faith. I have developed more faith in you than I have for the Paladins in 70 years of living in this town. Would, could I ask you to take these for me? Could I ask you to... Would it be too much trouble? I suppose we can do it. Um, Alondra, Azel... Um, and I'll, I'll just kind of walk around and just like point out all the different objects that I got a little ping from. Okay. Yeah. And as you do, as your intention shifts to being one of removal, um, a, uh, you know, you guys move to begin this, um, this process and, uh, the green jelly inside the vase splurges upward um, and out. And, uh, hold on, let me... That's a good thing the kids went away. <laughs> yeah. It's moving day. <laughs> oh. Okay. And the other vase is also over here by where you were, Aaron, so. <laughs> oh no. It seems to be a coat in the pickles. Um Oh my god, oh my So these uh I may have put these there we go. Um these uh out of these two vases spring these uh green oozes um and they are just little maybe like this big um 
some of them maybe the the bigger one here um, maybe comes up to a little bit about your knee. The other one is a little bit smaller than it, but they look to be of the same make. Um, they are little green oozes, and you can see as they form into this pile of sludge, there is a image of a face like there it almost forms into a childlike face no. um, inside of the ooze here and then of course um as well a flying eye bursts out of the vase that you sensed the uh, necromancy aura from um okay so let us go ahead and roll initiative my friends Please. oh love that Great. I don't like that. Oh, man. A lot of... Oh, oh no! What shitty rolled? Y'all! Yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, not even looking at the vases. I'm just like, Azel, come on. Come help me. And you're just, like, standing <laughs> terrified. <laughs> come on! No, not today. There's another eye. You had a hand. There were hands. And now there's goop! <laughs> the the goop is new. It's flooded. It's not time for the goop. I don't I don't know how to handle goop. Um, okay, so uh, we have rolled. Uh, actually, the the ooze is up first. Oh my um, god! Which is uh, which is great news here for you, Aaron. <laughs> is it? Ooze number A here is going to launch a pseudopod <laughs> attack at you, Aaron. I don't know what that means. It is a basically a surge of ooze. Like it's almost like a like a fist of some kind is going to like reach out. So it's like not quite a hand of some kind, but it is like a uh, a blast of ooze within melee range here. Uh, that is gonna be uh, a fifteen to hit, Aaron. Uh, that is my AC. Okay. So that is going to be um, five points of bludgeoning damage. Ooh. And that is going to be one point of psychic damage. Oh. Uh, what? Wait, wait, wait. Are you bloodied? Okay, yeah, definitely. Unless I... I guess I can't use shields after you tell me the damage, correct? Um... Right, but he is going to attack again. You you could use shield now, because um, that is going to be a uh, a sixteen to hit. So you could cast shield on this one. I, I will let you do that. So I just took you. six points of damage. <laughs> I'm down to three points Ooh! of life, and Aaron is definitely going to cast shield. To okay. Yeah, the first one catches you off guard as it strikes into you, and not only does it leave like a a, a welt that you can tell is going to bruise, but there's also a little bit of a sharp spike in your mind from the psychic damage that comes through when it strikes you. As the second one launches its attack, um, you hurriedly send up this uh, flash of light, and there is like this like whomp as it strikes this uh, like uh, bluish purple force field, um, unable to strike you on that turn. Um, it's then going to, what is the speed here? It's going to move this way. Um, and I I assume you don't have Warcaster at the moment, correct? I do not know. Okay. Yeah, so it will make its way over there. 
Um, after the oozes um, is Alondra. Yay! Okay. You should have control over your token. Um, I'm pretty sure I have granted those permissions. Okay. Sweet. Okay, so the goop is in front of... Yes, there is a goop. Can you guys see the map? Does that... Is that coming yeah. through on your side? Okay, yeah. So there's one here by Aaron, and there's one here that has moved toward... Um, this is Luella, the halfling wife. So it's oh, by, by Luella and by Aaron, so... Okay. Five. I can't step in front of her, right? You cannot get between her and the ooze, no. Okay. But you could get next to the ooze. Okay, she'll move right here. And she'll unleash her rapier. Okay. And attack it. Got it. Uh, that is a 24 to hit. Oh, yeah, that hits. And that is six points of damage. Great. Okay, so you uh, come kind of bounding over and you unsheath your rapier and you give a good uh, pierce down in through it. Um, and you kind of like pull your blade out and send this like stream of goop kind of like splattering along the wall um, as you remove your blade. But it still looks, uh, it still seems to be oozing um, on the rug in front of you. Uh, okay, she'll unsleeve her sword sword and try to poke, give it a good hit. Okay, yeah, sure. Is a 21 to hit? Yeah, yep. And then that's just uh, a d6. Um, that's uh, another six points of damage at it. Wow, solid. Um, yeah, so you pull out your rapier and then you take the short sword and give it this slash, this downward arc. Um, and you kind of cut through it and even like strike the rug a little bit and open up this gash in the rug. Um, and you seem to have gravely wounded it on this second strike. Um, it's still alive. It is still alive, but just barely. It looked like its its mass has been reduced um, uh, by quite a bit on this strike. Okay. Okay. Mm. After you, Alondra, is there anything else you'd like to do? No, that's it. Okay, great. Well, after you, it is the flying eye. Uh, the flying eye is going to uh, Azel. It's your favorite. It's going to try and launch itself at your face again. Yeah, it has those wings that uh, you know, that Twizzler, Twizzler rope, those Twizzler, Twizzler rope wings. It comes flapping at you, and they all unravel and come launching at your face here. Um, however, I assume that's going to miss. That's going to be a uh, a twelve to hit. Yep, it misses. Okay, it comes launching at you, and you are over it. You're like, I have, I have done this dance before, um, and you kind of hold up and are able to kind of swat it away. And as you knock it, it kind of like uh, rights itself and pulls out its wings again and starts flapping, and it kind of circles around over here on you. Um, uh, and it actually, let's see here, what's its speed? Forty. What is its speed? Forty. <laughs> It's going to move its way over here. The flying eye has flyby. It does not provoke opportunity attacks when it moves out of an enemy's reach. 
So it is going to kind of right itself with his wings and keep on flying back kind of out of your range a little bit here. Um, but after the eye, Azel, it's your turn. Okay. Um, and then this is uh, the halfling, like, kind of closest to me is, uh, 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 I know her name. I wrote it down. I'm so sorry. Oh if you God. if you click and hold on the map, you should be able to make a circle that will indicate to me. Yes, perfect, just like that. Um, so that one there is going to be Trundle. Uh, Luella is going to be up here by Alondra. Okay. Uh, so I am going to come down and help my buddy old pal. Um, I'll approach and I'll say, "Excuse me, sir." And I'll squeeze out. <laughs> And kind of like speed my way over here, and I, as I'm running, I'm gonna wind up a punch, and I'm gonna try to punch the slime. And like, Great, perfect. Uh, like, do do uh, so at advantage because you are flanking with Aaron. Sweet, I love that. Okay, um, okay, so that's going to be. Thank God, that's an advantage. Oh, thank God. Uh, Twenty-one to hit. Uh yes, definitely. Okay, and then that is going to be. Ooh, my man, seven points. Great. And then I'm going to take my bonus action right after that and do another unarmed strike. For sure. Go for it. And is that, that's at advantage too, right? Mm hmm. Okay. Uh, that's 19. Oh, perfect. Go ahead and roll damage on that for me. Perfect. Oh, my good gravy. Five. Five damage. Okay. Uh, all right. Yeah. Um, you get this one as well. You come up and give it pop, pop, two punches that kind of like splatter it. Um, and you have uh, reduced its mass uh, quite substantially from the like the splashback uh, of ooze from these hits that you've given it. Um, it also looks uh, pretty gravely wounded, um, but not dead. You're yeah. out. All right. Um, that was that was action move bonus action. Do you have anything else? Nope. Perfect. All right. Well, Aaron, that takes it to your turn. Okay. Um, shoot. So I am heavily beat. Um, also to clarify, do we rest or short rest between our um, last fight? I don't think you did. I think you guys came right here. We just got healed by Dang. the paladin. Yeah, she healed up your hit points, but you guys did not rest. Okay. Okay. Then, yeah, if we took no rest whatsoever, I am beat. Um, so what I will do, um, I would have disadvantage on the one between um, Azel and myself, correct? Unless it was a melee spell attack. But any any ranged spell attack is going to be disadvantage. If you have to make it do a saving throw, then that's fine. Or if you have a melee spell attack, it'll be advantage. But okay. any, any ranged spell attack is disadvantage. Yeah. <laughs> I will just... Um, Oof. <laughs> um, you know what I will do is I will just make a fire bolt at this one over here by Alon. Sure. Okay. Go ahead and make that attack. Ah, shoot. That's a 12? Oh, Michael, a 12 just misses. <laughs> Not my day. You are feeling the effects of your of having three hit points uh, you you are feeling the effects. yeah you you are pretty worn out at this point um and you send out a firebolt and it you know probably misses and strikes the rug here 
and a small, no. like, the rug kind of begins to slowly no. um, take effect. Oh. In. That's why I didn't want to step on it. The rug takes effect. What the fuck does that even mean? A small fire begins to grow. Oh. <laughs> You've you activated the rug's true form. <laughs> it's it's a mimic and just it. <laughs> Yeah, it's the tongue of a mimic in the whole house. Just oh, <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> Alright, Aaron, is there anything else on your turn? Um... Yeah, no, because I'd get an opportunity attack if I try and run, so... That is correct. Yeah, man, I am pissed. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, right on. After you, then, it is the Oblex's turn. Oh, shoot. It is the Ooze's turn. <laughs> um, this Ooze here, Ooze B, is going to punch you, Alondra, with its pseudopod. Okay, that's fine. That is going to be... 23 to hit. Is it still fun? <laughs> no, but that's okay. It's less fine. Okay, Alondra. That's going to be six points of bludgeoning damage. Oh, okay. And two points of psychic damage, so eight total. What? Okay, I'm bloodied. No biggie. Okay. And then, Azel, this cool. one here, number uh, number A is going to attack you with its pseudopod here. Uh, but uh, that's going to be a 7 to hit. So it's for sure going to miss. Um, Alright, well that was them. Alondra, it is your turn. Okay. You notice a small flame arising on the rug back over here um, in between, uh, with, with the ooze in between you and it. Hmm. You notice that okay. the ooze is almost like inching towards you. Like it is trying very hard to get away from the fire. In fact, I'm going to say that it moved itself over here to escape the fire. As after it punched you, it rolled along the ground and made its way away from the fire. I'm going to retroactively move it. That is within Would my that... power as the dungeon master. Would that like? mean she would have an opportunity attack or no because it's still in her melee it, it has not left uh, your threatened spaces so it has just kind okay. of like scooted around you it's like how two wrestlers circle each other in the ring I don't right. know I don't know sports but uh, it is what I assume it's like when two wrestlers circle each other in the ring it's kind of like that right okay okay that's fine I guess she'll pull out her rapier and go down and slash it to try to freaking kill it. Freaking kill it. Yeah, go ahead and make an attack. He's breathing freaking hard. Um, that is a 16 to hit. That hits. Go ahead and roll your damage. Okay. Um, that's five points of damage. Okay. It is... It, it is just barely hanging on, Jennifer. Seeing <laughs> that this freaking goo is still alive, Alondra is just gonna pull out her freaking sword sword and just go. Yeah. Yes! Okay, go ahead and make an attack. 
Don't roll bad. Don't roll bad. It's a one. It had one hit point left, Jenny. When I said, yes! when I say it was barely hanging on. <laughs> um, yeah, it is like at this point, like like a pool of jelly, like this big, that is just like thriving, and all that's left on it in this like blob this big, you see, like a ghostly outline of a halfling child's face looking up at you, and you bring your short sword down and split it in two. And it and it poops out in, uh, just into like a puddle of ooze that is uh, no. that is no more is no longer animated. It's just a pile of jelly here. I just killed the kid. Okay. All right, Belandre, okay. would you like to uh, move? Yes, she will do the heroic thing and step in front of the chick. Okay, great. Of so you. Yeah, you move over, put yourself in between um, Luella and the flying eye over there in the corner. Um, after you, it is the flying eye's turn. Oh, dear God. I'm about to die. It's okay. It's going to come for Azel. Oh. No, 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 no. You need to get bloodied. Azel, it's a nine to hit. It doesn't Let's hit. I can't do it. Why I can't. Are you so freaking lucky? I can't hit Azel. It's it's impossible. Azel's been bothering even around these things, dude. Yeah. Well, in the jungle, dude. Just... That is the flying this eyes turn, Azel. It, it again. It does the thing. Uh, let's see here. It was here. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40. It's gonna do its use its flyby again and leave your range. Um, as it fails to attack you once again, it's gonna yeah, it's gonna scoot back away from you. Um, and now it is your turn, Azel. What would you like to do? Like all the uh, slime in front of me, like kind of like I just want to have like a giant wind up kick and just like kick it out of the heart. Sure, go ahead and make an attack roll. Bet, dude. So I'm guessing that'd be an unarmed strike. Yeah, I would say so. Oh god, 16 to hit. That hits. Go ahead and roll your damage. Sweet. Um, seven damage. Seven damage, nice. Um, you uh, wind up and kick it, and it goes launching up to the ceiling and strikes the ceiling um, and just kind of splats and then like slowly begins to like drip down. Uh, you have uh, taken care of this ooze here. Okay, and then Azel's going to whip around. Whip. Uh, whip. DM's opinion, do you think picking up a halfling would count as an action? <laughs> um, I... You know, I'll have to I'll have to check the player's handbook. I'll look it up in the uh, in the glossary. <laughs> lifting a halfling, um, but uh, I'll, I'll let you replace your bonus action unarmed strike with picking up the halfling. How's that? Uh, let me. Do I need to get into his space in order to pick him up? Mm -hmm. Yes, you can't do it from 10 feet away. 
<laughs> He's the last girl. <laughs> Ooh, no, no, sir. Um, I'm going to say, coming back through, sir. 5, 10, 15. I'm going to bonus action on our strike, and I'm going to punch yes. that. Got it. Go ahead and make an attack. That is a miss. You kind of come by and you push um, uh, Trundle out of the way. You give a punch at the eye and it just kind of like like bobs out of the way of it. It is just uh, hovering there in, inside of your range here. Uh, anything else, okay. Azel? Um, as a free action, can... Oh, God. No, I'm... Yeah, as a free act, I'm going to call to Aaron and Alondra, and I'm going to tell them to get the halflings out. Okay, great. Uh, Aaron, it is your turn. Okay. Yeah, I do not need to be told twice, so... <laughs> I will do that. I will run... Um, I'm probably close in my size, but I'll just say, come with me quick. Um, the fire is I will grab um, his hand and try and get out of here. Um, yeah, so I'll just run over, grab his hand, and then just kind of run bolt to the door. Which door? Um, the front door. Okay. All right, go ahead and move yourself. So you'll have to come over to him and then... So five, ten. Okay. Oh, are each one of these um, five feet? Is that what this yes. measurement is? Yes. Okay. Makes sense. Five foot okay. squares. Okay. I was thinking that we were much closer. So one, two. Yeah, they have the square footage of this place is pretty impressive for these little people. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I can probably move. The, Okay, and these little orange specks are fire. It, it has spread a little bit. Okay, yeah. So I let's see. Okay, so one, two, three, four. Frick. Yeah, I think if I'm running up to him first, this is about as far as I can go. So, um, but I don't want to end up in fire. That would not. You could, I mean, you could come out this door and head out the back if you wanted. That's an yeah, option, too. Yeah, let's go. Let's go with that. That seems like there's, a much better idea. There's yeah, because yeah, I only have 25 feet of movement, so I will, yeah, so one, two, three, four, five. Okay, yeah, I can get just outside. Okay, and he will be right behind you. Okay. Anything else? Yeah, I mean, if I if I could have shot off um, a blast while doing that, I would have. But if that took my action to kind of grab him, then that's fine. I mean, I didn't give them an initiative, so I, I will say that he will move freely with you. Okay. So I'd, I'd say that you could shoot. Uh, you could take your action to uh, shoot off a cantrip if you'd like. Or, I mean, if you have any spell slots left, you, you don't yeah, have to I, I will... I only have a cantrip left. Um, 
So yeah, what I will do is I will just cast uh, Mind Sliver at it. Um, it needs Great. to do an intelligent saving throw. All right. Um, uh, 12. It um, fails. Okay, great. Yeah. Yeah, so it will take 1d6 psychic damage. So here we'll see if psychic damage does anything, but they take four points of psychic damage. Okay. Um, you, uh, kind of like put your hand put your fingers on the side of your head and this like third eye appears in your forehead and this beam shoots out and strikes the eye. Um, and you've cast this spell a few times. You get the sense that this does not strike it as uh, effectively as you're used to it doing. Okay. Not a good idea. I'm ready to go. <laughs> All right. Well, after you, since the oozes are deceased, uh, Alondra, it's your turn. Okay. Um, listening to what Azel said, she will turn to Miss Barley Root and be like, let's get out of here and run outside. Okay. Yep. Just outside. Yep. Great. Uh, Luella will follow you out of the house. Um, and as you are both of you, as you're taking them, um, especially Luella, as you have exited the premises, um, she's like, the boys, the boys, we need to find the boys. Oh, okay. Yeah, we can do that. Okay. Great. Uh, anything else, Alondra? Uh, no, that is it. All right. Uh, after you, it is the flying eye. So, Azel, this eye is going to flap at you and again launch itself at your face. Good goddamn seven. No. Oh my god! He, he, I'm not trapped here with him. He's trapped here with me, dude. <laughs> I, I, I have gravely wounded everyone, but I have not touched you, Easton. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, then it's going to use its speed. Uh, five, ten. Ooh, actually, how about this? Five, ten. How about this? It's going to use its 40 feet speed to fly out of the house. Hazel, it's your turn. Hey, um, I'm gonna. Azel's gonna be like, "Oh, you're not going anywhere." Five, seven, <laughs> yeah, five, ten, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five. Open the door, and I'm gonna reach out and reach for the like the tendril wing thing, <laughs> and see if I can like do like another kickball and slam it and get like kick it like. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Make an unarmed strike. That's a nat twenty. Oh. All right, so you can choose. You can roll double the amount of dice or roll the dice and double the value of the dice. Does that make sense? I'm going to roll double the dice, so I need to roll 4d4. 4d4? Isn't yeah. an unarmed strike just 1d4? Mm -mm, I have 2d4 for bludgeoning. Oh, shit. Weird. Well, awesome. Go, go ahead and do it. Ten. All right, man. 
Um, yeah, that uh, that definitely obliterates this thing. You send eye goop uh, just kind of spraying over the wall of the house and like coating the shoe, the the toes of your boot as you uh, as you kick it um, and slam into it. And you have you have taken care of this for sure. Um, so Aaron it's safe to say on your turn you get the halfling outside right and he can move of his own volition Um, so assuming that the halflings have made a safe distance from the house what is your plan to deal with the fire Uh, as soon as I get the um, the halfling out I probably would try and go back in um Oh shoot! It's on the whole house. <laughs> Spreading. Yeah. So basically, it, it it'll it'll fill all the like adjacent squares. Each square will fill into the adjacent one, so it's gonna get pretty oh big pretty God. quick. I mean, my plan was to go in with mage hand and just grab a corner of the rug and pull it out in conjunction with that, but I have three hit points, so. Probably can't be too much help. I'll just like me and my mage hand. Is this a this room here? Yes, sir, it is. My mage hand and I will just be going buckets of water, kind of like um, you know factory assembly line. I'm just filling them and passing them, <laughs> and the hand is taking it in and dumping it. Okay, sure. Yeah, no, I'll. That sounds. That sounds plausible to me um awesome so we'll do some kind of group check here but um so michael why don't you for that why don't you roll me an arcana check uh for that okay yeah we'll, we'll do like a group check here on this um we'll let each of you come up with a uh, a plan to help with this that's a dirty 20 oh fantastic uh yeah this is this plan is great uh you are scooping up a bucket of water um in the corner here and you are just dunking it that's that's working awesome as far as you can tell um so uh elandra would i guess i i won't assume that you're helping with the fire do you have a plan to help with the fire or do you have other priorities at this time um well considering that miss barley rue the first thing she talked asked for was the kids okay um once she sees that Azel killed the flying eye and just comes up like all the enemies are dead. It's safe to go look for the kids. He will follow. Um, he'll ask the mom where the kids went and go looking for them. Okay. Perfect. Um, okay, go ahead and, and why don't you do a perception check for me as okay. you and Miss Barley Root kind of round the corner of the house. Um, that was not a good one. That was only a five. Uh, six. A six, okay. You are keeping an eye out, but you can't help but get distracted by the smell of smoke uh, that is steadily growing from the house next to you. You know, you you realize that she's focused on her kids, so you want to help with that, but you're just a little distracted by the the smell of of burning that is emanating um, from the building next to you. Okay, uh, Azel, what what is your plan of action now in this instance? 
kind of put myself in a weird position. Um, can Azel peek his head in and check on the state of the fire? Yeah, it is spreading fairly rapidly. Oh my god. Um, okay. Um, I don't want to run through it. There's no clear way for me. Like, I mean, there's like these areas, I guess, that I could like. Yeah, I got time. Okay, Azel's gonna. Okay, Mr. Incredible. <laughs> I got time. Azel's gonna take a deep breath of the good air outside or what good area is not being painted by smoke and he's gonna dive in 5 10 15 20 25 30 closest to the door um he's just gonna try to like pat out the fire as he goes i don't know what his plan is but he's just trying to like go the classic way you know punch fire see what happens So, just so that I, I would like to be on the same page as you, Easton. Um, what I'm saying, man. I'm not sure if I'm on the same page. Yeah, so so let's, let me run this back to you and make sure that I've understood your plan correctly. Your plan is to extend your, your fist and punch this flame with force. Is that what I'm understanding? You live in the jungle. That's, he thinks that will work. <laughs> Are, are we on the same page there, Easton? We are. Okay. <laughs> Why don't you... I've been playing this for a couple years, can't you tell? <laughs> I don't even know what to do. Why don't you... Um, just, just make an attack roll for me. <laughs> okay, here it comes. I don't think this fire is ready for it. Okay, Avatar. Ooh, 16. Well, according to my notes here, um, for the fire? that is, uh, yeah, that, is, that exceeds the fire's armor class, according to the notes, the stat block that I have for a literal flame. Um, <laughs> so, so I'll say that you hit it. Um, and you know what? I will say that you are able to extinguish this square of flame with one punch. How's that? But you will take four points of fire damage from doing so. How's that? Does that seem fair? It seems completely fair. Okay. Um, Michael, how about this? Why don't I have you roll, um a roll a d6 for me and we will extinguish that many squares of flame how's that sound okay ah oh, two okay Jeez. all right two squares of flames have been extinguished um it's your turn again so the fire is going to spread again. So we put out two and it grew 
10. But watch this. Here's what I'm going to say. The places that you splashed, they are wet. So the fire won't spread onto those places. How's that? Ooh, um, nice. Michael, are you going to continue with the same plan? Um, good question. Um... How did this, I thought I moved this guy out. How did he get back in there? <laughs> I, thought, I thought I moved him out like two or three times at this point. Um, <laughs> yeah, so the fire is consumed probably at this point close to half of the uh, living room of this house. Um, what, yeah. what would you like to do, Aaron? I mean, the plan I have is the best. Um, I think I'll just keep going. Is the like rug like completely inflamed right now? No, there is. Um, I mean, you put out a little bit of the fire that was on it, and so those spaces are wet, and then there are still a little bit left of it that has not been touched. So I would say um, a little over half of the rug is in flame, but just under half of it is not inflamed. Okay, yeah. yeah. Then what I'm going to do, uh, I'm going to keep dousing the rug because it is my game plan to get the rug wet enough to use to dampen down the rest. I'm just going to keep going at it, just double down. Okay, great. Go ahead and why don't you roll another d6 for me and we'll extinguish that many more spaces of flame. Ah, two. <laughs> ah, beans. <laughs> ah, beans. Okay, so I'll remove two. I will add two more squares of water. This feels vaguely like some kind of like Club Penguin or Neopets minigame. I can't ex I can't explain why, but in my head it just has that vibe to me. Uh, maybe it's because of the crudely drawn circles that I'm adding to the map that it just makes it feel like like a like an early 2000s flash game but uh uh Aaron anything else or is that all for for this dis instance uh, I'll I'll reach I'll I'll call out to Azel and say use the wet rug use don't it. punch it <laughs> oh I know it's the punch <laughs> All I did growing up was punch school, man. <laughs> um, okay, well, uh, Elandra, um, continue your search for the children, I imagine? Yes. Okay, um, so there is farm field around this place. There is kind of corn growing. There is like a pumpkin patch. Um, yeah, I, 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 I've never really been to a farm. Uh, is that is that becoming obvious here? Um, cornfield, pumpkin patch, uh, a little root veggie uh, plantation uh, field here that has been tilled and stuff. So you see, basically, as you come around this corner, farm is what you see. Uh, go ahead and make another perception check for me, if you would, to uh, see if you can locate where the children have gone. In this expanse. Is a natural twenty for twenty-two. You, oh, nice. you are able to 
read the secrets of this agricultural expanse like an open book. Um, it's almost like uh, like if you've ever if you've ever played like the Batman Arkham games where he like flips into detective mode and can like see clues and stuff and like yes. info and you like pause and the world slows down and you're like and you um, see in the cornfield there's a little bit of uh, rustling the 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 stalks are usually rigid and straight have been kind of made not so they have been bent and uh, disturbed. And you say, Miss Barleyroot, this is the path that your children have taken. To me, it is clear as day. <laughs> okay, she will probably walk through the route that her keenest sense has sent her towards to find the kid. Yeah, yeah. So once you make it to the cornfield, um, it's 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 pretty clear. Like these, there is a clear kind of path of dishevelment through the uh, the plants here that leads you in a pretty clear direction, and you are able to uh, locate the children. And they seem to be just kind of cowering in the cornfield, and they look very excited when when you bring Luella to them. They both go rushing into her arms and they grab her, and she says, "Oh, boys, I'm so glad you're safe." And she says, "Thank you." Alondra, thank you so much. Um, you and your group have have been so good to us. And then, right as she says that, like behind her, you see like a pillar no. of black smoke begin to like rise up from the house. She's like thanking you for being such an asset to her family. And then this like plume of smoke starts to rise up into the sky. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. All right. Uh, After Alondra, uh, Azel, what is your plan going forward here? What is your next step in this endeavor? Azel is a little confused by the instruction. Um, So I think what he's trying to put together um, use the damp rug. I think Azel's just going to come to the corner over here. And lift the rug and try to like put it on top of the fire. Sure. To, like suffocate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So are you intending to grab the corner of the rug and like pull it up and over onto yeah. itself? Okay, sure. Yeah, no, that's definitely easy to do. Um, you'll have to kind of, you know, walk back, grab it, and walk forward to do it. Um, go ahead and make an athletics check for me to give this a good heave. It's not exceptionally heavy, so it won't be super hard. Uh, 22. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Easy. You grab the corner of the damp rug, and you come running forward and kind of give it a toss. Um, And I will say, so let's do this. You are able to uh, cover a good portion of it. Um, So let's... Yeah, this was a... A brilliant plan. Good call, buddy. <laughs> These have come here since the rug has been flipped over. I think. We'll go with that. Um, okay. Great. Um, well, now uh, 
Azel, anything else that you can think of, or? Um, that is my movement, right? To like. Movement and action, yes, I would say. Um. What can I do with my bonus action? Well, um, I can't do anything, so I guess I'm just big chilling right where the fire's about to spread. Okay, great. Love that. Um, I think you have five feet of movement left, if I've done my math correctly. So you... Yeah, we're jumping. Okay. We're just doing like a kind of like dodge. Great. A little dodge, not an active dodge, just a small dodge. Sure. Okay, so the fire will spread into its adjacent squares. That will come on there. Whoops. That was a crazy one. Okay. I think I got it all. It has moved into uh, the bedroom. Kind of. Oh my god. Is that how fire works? It doesn't just go through walls. <laughs> that, no. that wall has caught fire. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's not how it works. It does not go through into the bedroom. But, um, I mean, you put out a big chunk of it then that was awesome um okay aaron the fire has spread most of the rug is fine now it has only just uh begun again on a new fresh square of the rug here but um you have uh what would you like to do this round <laughs> i'm gonna go with the old reliable i'm just gonna keep going yeah, keep okay better. roll another d6 for me hopefully it'll be higher than two this time seriously one. It's a four. Oh, yay! All right. I'm My going, technique is improving. I'm going <laughs> to assume these four. Correct me if I'm wrong. but I'm Yeah, assuming. we'll go with the closest four to me. Okay, so I think, I think that makes sense. You can get a big portion there. And you know what? I'll even say that the uh, the floor gets wet, too. How's that? I like that. That's good. I don't. I don't know if that's how fire works, <laughs> but uh, for these purposes, it is how it works. Um, okay, great. Um, Elandra, you have successfully located the children. They are safe. They what would you like to do? Safe. Sweet. Um. We'll see. We'll awkwardly and gratefully accept the thank you as. She sees smoke coming up, and she was gonna. Uh, I was gonna ask if, while she um, had ran out this way, um, if she had noticed, like, if they had like an irrigation system or anything, just because of all the smoke, she is guessing there's a fire going on. It needs to help the boys. I would. I would say. There is probably a a standby of buckets used to fill uh, watering cans and stuff. So maybe not like a canal or anything, but there's at least five or six uh, pails of water collected kind of by this back door to the house. Oh, by the back door? Yeah. Already. She will um, turn to... Um, the mom and the two kids and be like, I'm very, 
it's very embarrassing for me to ask, as we did save your life, but have utterly sent your house into flames. But could you help me fill up these buckets, and I could go back inside. You'll stay safe, but you could just help me fill these up so I can go inside and hopefully douse this fire. Yeah, no, so the buckets are already filled. Um, oh, they're already filled? Yeah, okay. yeah, it looks like they're on standby to be used as watering for plants and stuff so they've already filled of water they just need to be taken inside to be dumped on the fire okay then i would rephrase that and just ask them to help me bring it into the bathroom but then for them to stay out of the house sure yes her and the and the two kids they will each uh take a bucket and you can probably take two so you take two three four five so you can get five of the six buckets into uh, the kitchen where Aaron is this turn. Okay, sweet. And the four halflings are out of the house. Yay! Okay, Alondra, great. Um, Azel, it's your turn, my friend. Um, so kind of like catching wind of what Aaron's doing. Um, no, oh, I gotta, I gotta get in the kitchen to get a bucket, right? Like to get water. That is correct. You would need to enter the kitchen to do that. Although I'm not being as strict on movement speed here okay. since there are no enemies. Um, I, will, I, I will let you go into the kitchen, get a bucket, and toss it this turn. Yeah, that's what Hazel's going to do. He's going to catch wind and just keep doing what they're doing. Okay. Great. So I will let you put out two adjacent squares. Okay. Two adjacent. Um, I'm going to do this square. Okay. And I'm going to put water on that square. And on this square here? Okay, yeah. great. All right, so you have tossed a bucket of water. Yeah. The fire seems to be dying down Aaron. Uh, and you have uh, essentially blocked its path a little bit too, um, which is great here. Um Aaron, at the start of your turn, this fire is going to spread, although it looks like over here, um, a good portion of it is kind of blocked off by the water. There's not a lot of room left for this uh, fire to go. So you guys are doing pretty good at um, containing this. So Aaron, what is your play on your turn? Um, now that we have some help, I'm going to probably move like right in here, just kind of in the doorway area. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to put, like, my focus of, like, grabbing the buckets because we just got some fresh buckets. So I'm just going to try and grab as many as I can with that mage hand so that, you know, the kids don't have to get in the flames or anything just so the hand is getting all the exposure. Okay. Awesome. Roll your d6. You guess it's another two. Oh my god! All right, which which two squares would you like to wet? Um, probably the ones that are encroaching closest to us. So probably this one and then that one. Okay, great. And yeah, that will be my turn. Just burying the buckets that they fill up. All right. Well, you guys are doing good. I think about it's about half and half wet and fire here, so uh, that's not a bad not a bad ratio here. Um, okay, Aaron. 
Uh, after you, Alondra, it's your turn. Um, Alondra will probably grab two buckets and then go out into the living room and douse the flame. Okay, two adjacent squares. Which ones would you like to, uh, to douse? I would probably do this one and, uh, this one. Those yeah, didn't... Actually, those, uh, your ring didn't show up for me. Do you want to try that again? Click and, click and yeah. hold. So this one? Okay, there we go. And this one. Got it. Awesome. So even more. Oh, this is nice. You guys have put a nice wall in this fire. There's not a lot of room for it to spread anymore. You guys have you guys have essentially locked down the fire at this point. So just for the sake of brevity, it looks like you have built a wall. Uh, there are no more spaces for it to spread outward. Um, so for the sake of brevity, I will say that over the next you know few rounds, you can toss the buckets and and uh, essentially uh, quench the, these flames here that are spreading. So you have put the fire out. You have slain the enemies that have been um, assaulting this home. You have done the barley roots a great service. Um, you guys have you guys have done great. I mean, this family. You have not only have you um, taken the research of finding their children more seriously than the authorities of this town have. Um, you have protected them from uh, pretty scary enemies, and you have, although started a fire in their house, you've also <laughs> made sure to put it out, and you have taken the responsibility and you have extinguished it. Um, Very nice that way. And yeah. <laughs> and you know they are pretty understanding. You know the, the fire was started in an attempt to protect them from these monsters. They don't know that much about magic, so they but they do recognize that it was just collateral of attempting to protect them. So they are not too beat up about it. And honestly, um, you guys did that pretty quickly. If you think about each round being six seconds, that probably took about a minute, if not less than a minute, to, yeah. to quench the flames of that house. So you, you worked very quickly, and the damage did not spread very far. You have, I mean, their rug is probably burnt beyond repair, but... They don't really want it anyway, since it was a magic, uh, a magic evil rug. In, in their <laughs> mind, at least. I will burn it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So they, you know, ultimately they're pretty grateful to you, and they are, they are very happy for what you've done. In fact, they are so happy that they are going to allow you to level up to level two. Oh, yes. <laughs> as a as a reward, they say thank you. Please ha have a level. Yeah, rare candy for you, my friends. Um, yeah, so that's great. That's where we're, we'll go ahead and call this episode of Dungeon Stories here at the end of that. Um, give me an idea of what you guys are doing next. What is your next course of action? I I guess I assume it's to go speak to the Farthingtons, but is there anything else on your mind? Um, I'm going to ask the barley roots one more question sure um i was just gonna ask them especially with the two things that i found outside if like the Alphronis sisters or even anyone in town could they know who'd get in contact or have seaweed 
Luella says, um, well, the only person who I can think of that might need seaweed would be, um, the stone forts for their restaurant. They have a pretty eclectic selection of food. Um, Azel's going to kind of chime in. He's got, uh, the, his little dinner date with Mr. Finn in the back of his mind. Um, but he's going to ask, uh, what, what time is dinner usually in this slice of the world? Most people are done working about, uh, you know, um, when the sun starts to duck behind the, um, the Archon Scar. So about, you know, 5 p.m., 6 p.m. Interesting. Oh, thank you. Of course, our pleasure. Um, we'd, uh, you know, we'd offer to feed you, but uh, I think we have a lot of work to do before we even think about dinner with uh, cleaning out the socially, house in there. Socially inept, Azel's going to, like, kind of think about it. Like, what are you talking about? And then look about, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, gotta go. Uh, anything else to take care of before we wrap up here, Michael? Anything on uh, on Aaron's um, mind? I probably would want to make a quick pit stop at the Paladins um, place just to rest, get healed, and maybe grab a supply or two. Okay, sure. Um, yeah, we we can uh, handle that. Maybe my course of action. Okay, sure. We'll handle that next time. Um, I'll keep that in mind. Um, but, uh, yeah, great. So unless you guys have any other questions for, um, the barley roots or anything else that you want to take care of in their house, um, anything else you guys can think of? Mm -mm. Um, Alondra probably feeling bad for putting their living room in flames and them having to kind of rebuild that would probably take out her gold pouch and hand them 20 gold and be like, I'm incredibly sorry for the events that happened today. Their their jaws, like, drop. And How did you get that much gold? <laughs> they say, this is this is far too generous. It, it won't it won't cost us but five to repair the wood in there. Please, there's no need. No, no, I am this. And then I turn around, because I am not <laughs> They're going to keep it. All right, you, you put it in and you begin to walk away. Um, do the rest of you follow, Alondra? Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. So you, uh, Alondra turns and makes her leave, and uh, Aaron and Azel, you follow her. Um, you turn and leave, and the uh, the family is just. I mean these these folks are so grateful to you guys. Um, they they probably can't even express it. They they're you know you've done so much for them in the span of 
like 30 or 45 minutes, like less than an hour here at their house. And you guys have, <laughs> have helped them out more than they had ever expected. So great. Uh, you know, that's heroic. You guys did good. Um, and yeah, so that's where we'll, we'll go ahead and, and call that. You guys are heading, uh, you know, make it back into Rebelton and then we'll pick up with the, uh, the paladins and, and looking for supplies and stuff. Um, we'll pick that up next time. Um, but yeah, so don't forget to level up to level two, roll your hit dice, uh, to, to get your new hit points, reroll ones. Cause rolling a one on a hit dice sucks. Um, so feel free to reroll one. If you roll one on your hit points, don't forget to level that up. Um, who gets subclass at level two wizards? Yeah. Wizards. Awesome. I think Ooh. paladins and monks are three. If I'm correct, if I'm remembering right. Um, yeah. Michael, what are you going to take? Uh, I will take um, the order of the scribes. Ah, awesome. And do some book learning. Sick. It's brand new from Tasha's. That's great. I love it. Um, all right. Well, everyone, thank you so much for coming and tuning into Dungeon Stories. Um, it, it means the world to us. Um, check us out. We are, I mean, we are kind of all over the internet at this point. We are on YouTube. Uh, we are on iTunes and Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And that is also iTunes. We are on Google Podcasts. Uh, you find us on Anchor and basically anywhere else you listen to podcasts. So check us out. Tell your friends. Like and subscribe if you're on YouTube. Um, you know, and just, you know, it helps us out if you uh, interact with the channels in those ways. Follow us on socials at Dungeon, uh, at Stories Dungeon on Twitter, Instagram, and Dungeon Stories on Facebook. So look up those socials and tune in and stay updated. Um, and again, thank you so much for listening. Thank you to my friends for playing D&D with me. And we will see you all next week on Dungeon Stories. Bye! Bye! Yeah.